Romans chapter chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Let's go back to verse 28 of chapter 2. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. These Jews were trusting in their genealogies and their uh, being the physical seed of Israel. But he said, he is not a Jew, a spiritual Jew, an Israelite indeed, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. It's a heart work, and circumcision is that of the heart and in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. Verse 1, What advantage then hath the Jews, or what profit, is there of circumcision? Much every way, what advantages did the Jews have, the Jewish nation? Because unto them were committed the oracles of God or the word of God. Other nations were left in dark. You if you was to go back and read chapters 1 and chapter 2 of Romans, you see that the Jews had the law and the Gentiles had their conscience. It said when they do by nature the things contained in the law, they become a law unto themselves. We said in verse 3, Well, what if some did not believe God's word, the oracles of God? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true. And every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is there unrighteous? Is is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? I speak as a man. God forbid. For for then how shall God judge the world? For the truth of God hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory. Why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And are not rather as, as we be slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil, that good may come, where, whose damnation is just. What then, are we better in th- than they? No, and no wise. For we have both proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. It didn't matter if they had the law, they had the oracles of God, or if they didn't ever have any law, and they were just a law unto themselves, as it is written. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. They don't understand the things of God. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way, They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. And he describes and he uses in the terms of a person's mouth. 
their throat is an open sepulcher. The abundance of the heart, the mouth, speaks. Their throat is like opening up a dead grave, a sepulcher. It's been, the body's been decaying there for years. That's what's from within, man. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of ask is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, and they are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. There is no reverence of God. There is no worship of God. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world become guilty before God. There's no excuses, no alibis, nothing. Every mouth will be stopped. In all the world, Jews and Gentiles, it didn't matter, are guilty before God. That's what the law says. The soul that sinneth it shall die. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. No trying to keep the law. None shall be justified in his sight. For by the law, what is the law? It is just the knowledge of sin. That's all the law points out. You are, we're guilty, we're doomed, we're damned. We have, the, it gives us the knowledge of sin. Paul said, I didn't know lust except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. God's law. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace, not by works of the law, but justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, his righteousness, that he might be just, and he is, and the justifier of them which believe in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law is boasting excluded? Of works? Nay, but look at this. By the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. We establish the law. 
I'm going to look at that point there in verse 27 where it says the law of faith. The law cannot save. It can only declare a man guilty before God. But men have the strangest idea that if they keep the law, obey the law, that they can be declared justified, righteous in God's sight. By the deeds of the law, verse 20, no flesh shall be justified. But the law is the knowledge of sin. That's the purpose of the law. Purpose of the law. The law cannot save, it cannot justify, and it cannot give someone righteousness. It can only do three things. It shuts our mouth. We can't nothing we can say. It's like I thought about where our Lord come to the man, he come to the wedding feast, and he came in there, and the man didn't have on a wedding garment, and, he said, and our Lord walked up to him, and he said, what are you doing in here without a wedding garment on? The wedding garment is the righteousness of Christ. And he said he was speechless. He had nothing he could say. You imagine how he feels. Now he's exposed. Now he's guilty. You know, it's a horrible thing, the load of guilt. How, how can we, this is why men try to keep the law. They are trying to remove the guilt of sin. They know they've sinned. The wages of sin is death. There's none righteous. No, not one. There's none that understands. Nobody. So it shuts their mouth, and we have no excuse. And the law teaches us the depth and the darkness of our sin and depravity. It shows us how wicked If you break one law, one commandment, you've broken them all. And then thirdly, it shuts us up to the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Points us to him. What the law could not do, and it was weak through the flesh, Christ did. He is the propitiation for our sins. He has satisfied all the demands. Now you think about that, all the demands of the law. Every jot and every tittle. He didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill the law, and he did. He satisfied it. And now we look to him. He died the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God. And then here it says a boasting. The Jews love to boast of their heritage. Paul there in Philippians, he said, men want to glory in their flesh or boast. He said, let me tell you something. If you want to boast about something, he said, I was born of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. That means my mother was a Hebrew. My father was a Hebrew. I was a Pharisee. I was, according to the law, I thought I was blameless. There was nobody above me. I could stand head and shoulders above anybody else. But now I call it nothing but dung. But he loved to boast. Men, men love to boast. They love to brag on, on what they've done, what they achieved, or what they hope to do. <clears throat> they actually think. They actually think. Because they don't understand, they actually think they keep 
the law. They think that something they do can satisfy God's law. And the Greeks, you know what they boasted in? Their wisdom. Oh, it's in, it's in learning. It's in, that's what they boasted in. That's what they gloried in. Where is boasting? <coughs> Men love to boast of what they've done or what they've not done. Back in Romans chapter 2, verse 3, And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do the same thing? And you go back and talk, what's he talking about? Well, go back and read in chapter 1. When they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge, he turned them over to a reprobate mind. That, and they thought, well, he's just talking about a bunch of Gentiles, a bunch of Gentile dogs. No, he's talking about you too. He's talking about the Jews too. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, that and and thou doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Oh, they may be punished, but they said we won't be punished. We're 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 Jews. It's like the Pharisees standing before our Lord, Matthew seven. We've cast out devils in your name. We we preach in your name. We've done many wonderful works. You know what he said? He never denied that they done them. He said, depart from me, but what you've done are nothing but works of iniquity. Men, even when they're dead, it doesn't change them. They're still boasting. Romans 2.23, thou that makest thy boast of the law, though breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. Won't you see, man has no right to boast, not before God, because in, in down in verse 1 of chapter 5, therefore being, I mean in chapter 4, verse 1, what shall we say then that Abraham our father has pertaining to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath were of the glory, but not before God. But what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. He may could have boasted, but not before God. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. We know in verse 1 and chapter 1 of Ephesians, he's told us that we were chosen of God, blessed of God, redeemed in Christ, and quickened by the Spirit. And now he says, and you hath he quickened, he give, he's given life, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the, the spirit that now worketh in the children. And how does he describe those children? They are children of disobedience. All disobedient. Disobedient to what? To God and his law, among whom also we all had our conversation, our manner of life in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature not only children of disobedience, we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now, I read from Brother Hawker years ago, and he said, you know, we have always been loved. We've never been appointed unto wrath. 
God has loved us in Christ. Well, how in the world can we explain this? We were by nature the children of wrath if God has always loved us. He said we were by nature children deserving of wrath. Even though we were chosen of God and loved by God before we were regenerated, we were, by nature, that was our nature, we were the children deserving of God's wrath. (coughs) Even as others. But God. He tells us what we were. We were just like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, for with he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and has raised us up, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself, that faith is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them, save through faith, faith that God gave you. It's the faith of God's elect. God give you the ability to believe and trust his son, and it's, you are declared, counted, as Abraham believed God, it is accounted unto you, put to your account as righteous. We can't boast that we believe in someone else didn't believe. He gave us faith. He gave it to us, and we believe him. It is the faith of his people. The law of faith, as he said here, leaves no room for boasting, either of the Jews or the Gentiles. The law of faith. Like the bondwoman and her child, like Ishmael, I mean, Hagar and Ishmael, her child, they have to be cast out. But what principle is boasting cast out? He said it's cast out. It's excluded. By works was certainly not. Our sins are revealed and laid bare by God's law. We are deprived of all glory. The principle or the law of faith destroys all boasting. Nobody can boast. You can't come in here, you don't have on the wedding garment. No boasting. No no one in here can boast. Any believer, we can't boast because of what he's given unto us. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, he that boasteth, let him glory in the Lord. As Paul greatly read that song, of the children of Israel, that he taught them. They're not bragging on themselves. They're bragging on him. They're not glorying in what they've done. They're not glorying in that they walked on the water. They're glorying in what God did. And he said, all those in Palestine are going to hear it, and they'll know who did it. 
They won't say, look what Moses did. They won't say, look what the children of God did. They'll say, look what God did. Look what he did. Therefore, we conclude, the conclusion stands firm. Justification is by faith without the works of the law. We boast in Christ our Lord. I'll give you some scriptures. Psalms 34, 2. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. There's times we get down. We get discouraged. And just, just Paul reading that, that text, reminding us of what God brought them through, they gloried, they boasted in the Lord, and we that are humbled thereof are made glad. He still sits on the throne. We say, look what he did. He displayed it. He displays his grace and mercy. And there's no boasting. We're not boasting ourselves. Psalms 44, 8, In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever. Jeremiah 9, verse 23. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. That's what men glory in, don't they? Their intellects. Their, their knowledge is so code knowledge. Don't let the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glorieth in this that he understandeth and knoweth me. As I read down in Romans 3, they have no understanding. He glories in it that he understands and he knows. He knows by experience. Eternal life is to know the Lord. That I am the Lord that exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. The law of faith shuts the door on all boasting. As I read in Ephesians 2, 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Faith gives Christ all the glory. All the glory. Well, who gave you faith? Who did the work? And, who, and here's what salvation is. It's when God allows you and gives you the ability to understand and to trust his son. Simple as that. You find out one day, I believe. I've tried to believe on my own all my life. I'm struggling to understand. I just can't get it. That's right, you can't. But one day, it's like a light switch goes on, and I see, and I understand. You know what we understand? We understand we can't save ourselves. We understand it was Christ that did the work, and we believe him by faith, by faith. Election, redemption, repentance, faith, and sanity. Sanctification is all by the free grace of God. Faith in Christ is the means, the instrument by which we receive and enjoy salvation. And this saving faith is not the product of man, but it is the gift of God. That's so plain. The law of faith. 
Lost the law of faith. If you can't come in here, there's no boasting in here. You're not bragging on your works and what you do, your belief for anything. In John 1, verse 11 through 13, he came into his own, and his own received him not. He came to his own Jewish people, and his own people received him not. But as many as received him, why did they receive him? To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood. You didn't inherit it. Jeff may be a believer, but that doesn't mean all his children will be believers. You can't pass it down through bloodlines. It's not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. Nobody's will can convince you of God. Only God can. Nor the will of man. But you know why you're born of God? You know why you receive him? It's of God. Isn't that amazing? It is of God. We receive salvation by faith and give all the glory to God. Any works of righteousness done by us are not ours, but are by the grace of God. The law of faith, it shuts out all boasting, but the law of faith is evident by something. It's evident by works. What he's saying Ephesians 2, verse 8. He hath ordained us in two good works, for not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are, we, you think about this, his workmanship. Kurt knows something about workmanship. You know something about taking a piece of wood, just an old raw, an old raw piece of tree, and cut it, shape it, sand it, and polish it. Workmanship. That's how God does his people. And they are ordained. He hath created in them in Christ Jesus unto good works with God hath before ordained that those who walk by faith, they walk in them. Turn with me to James chapter 2. It's going to read several verses, but I think this explains the law of faith is evident by works. He works in us both the will and to do of his good pleasure. James 2, verse 1. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons? If there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and Ye have respect to the man that wears the gay clothing and say to him, you sit here in a good place. And then to the poor, we tell him, well, you just stand up or sit here under my footstool. Are you not then partial in yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath God not chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith? and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. But you have despised the poor. 
Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seat? Do do they not blaspheme that worthy name by which you are called? If you fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, the law of faith, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if you have respect uh, to persons, you commit sin and and are convinced of the law as a transgressor. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, is they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. We have been set free. We're not, we're not in bondage. We've been delivered. <laughs> Verse 13, for, we sh- for he shall have judgment without mercy, that has showed no mercy. And mercy rejoices against judgment. But what doth it profit thy brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and hath not works, can that type of faith save? Let me read that again. What does it profit my brethren? Though a man say he has faith. He says, I have faith. I believe in the Lord. Well, the devil believes and trembles. And he and he doesn't have any works. There's no evidence of his faith. I heard Henry say one time, our faith, we are justified before God by our faith. Our faith is justified before men by our works. You can't see a man's heart. We can't see if a man believes God. But God give us evidence of these people. That is the law <coughs> of faith. Let me see where I'm at. Uh, what's it profit, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works, can faith save him? Verse 15. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto him, Will depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body. Or well, what does what profit is he said, you see somebody has need, he he lost his job. He, he's, he's in a bind, and, and he comes for help. You say, well, you be warmed and filled, you know. Well, we'll pray the Lord bless you. And you don't give him. How, have you, what have you profited him? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. It is just, no matter how much they say it, it is just a dead faith. That's what it is, it's dead. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show ye my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God. You do well to believe that. The devils also believe and tremble. Remember when our Lord came to a lot of people, and they were possessed, and they said, We know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Have you come to torment us before the time? They know exactly who he is. But they're not, they, don't, they don't trust him. They know who he is, and they know they're going to be punished. They know he's their judge. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Any faith without works. 
He's dead. Was, and he's going to give us some examples. Was not Abraham our father justified by works? Now, I want you to say, I want to say something. Do not ever be afraid to speak the plain truths of God's word. No matter how much you may be afraid, it's going to mess up your doctrine. It says right here, Abraham, our father, was justified by what? Works. That's what it says. When he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar. You seest how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which said, Abraham believed God. He didn't say he believed in God. He believed God. That simple. And it, him believing God, was imputed. That means it was put on his account unto him for righteousness, and he was declared righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Because you know what it says in Hebrews 11? God tried Abraham. Now, Abraham come through a lot of things. When was Abraham saved? We don't know. You know when he was saved? When he believed God. Whenever that was. But this is like one of the last trials. God gave him a son. God made him send out Ishmael. And now he says, you take your son, Isaac, your only son, and you offer him up to me. It takes faith to believe God told you to do that, and he did it. In Hebrews 11, verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. How do we know he believed God? He offered up that boy. You say, well, he didn't. He did in his heart. And he that had received the promise... Oh, it was based on something. Faith has to have something to rest on. What did he rest his? What was he resting his faith on? The promise of God, not even his faith. God said, "I'm going to bring of you of your seed one that will bless all the world." Well, how can he do that if he don't have a son? That he had received a promise, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able. Here's what he accounted. Here's how he believed God, that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he also received him in a figure. Now, that's faith. You'll see faith. He, he, the Lord tells him, said, get up, Abraham. It's a three-day journey, and I'm going to show you. We're going to offer up that boy on Mount Moriah. And he brings Isaac, and he brings some of his men with him, his servants, and they come to a place, and they said, we're going up on that. We, we, me and that boy, we're going over and worship, and we're both coming back. And they stayed right there. And as they started up the mountain, oh, Isaac says, we got the fire and we got the wood, but we don't have a sacrifice. How can we worship God without a sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide himself a sacrifice. And they get up there, and he ties Isaac down on the altar, and he lifts up the knife in his hand to sacrifice that boy, his only begotten son. And God said, hold on. And he looked behind him, and there was a ram caught in the thicket, a substitute. But he believed God. God helped me to believe God like that. 
And then he give another example. He uses Abraham, but he give us another example. Verse 24, yet you see how that by works a man is justified, not by faith only. How do we know that Abraham believed God? Look what he did. He said, why, how could a man do that? Faith. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit of dead is dead, so faith without works is dead. And in Hebrews 11, it says this about Rahab, verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. He said, you pick up the ark. Takes four men to carry it. Picture of preachers carrying the gospel, and they're blowing a trumpet. Blowing a trumpet. Everybody's walking around the building, walking around the walls, and nobody says a word, and they go back to camp and sit down and go about their daily business. They do that every day for six days. But God says, this day's different. You're going to march around seven times. Don't say a word. Don't say a word. Don't you know it's driving them people crazy? And you go, I could see somebody say, well, why in the world do we keep doing this? I don't see anything happening. And when they shouted, the walls fell, except for one place, where Rahab was. Why was Rahab spared? She believed God. How do we know she believed God? She hid them spies. She risked. She was willing to die to save those men. She knew they were servants of God. You know what she said? We've heard of your God and we're terrified. And people were terrified. And they had every right to be. But Rahab, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encompassed about seven days. And by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Everybody else died. Why? They didn't believe. Only one person in that whole place believed, and she's an old harlot. Why would she believe? Everybody else had heard the same thing. They'd heard what God did to, the, to, the, to Pharaoh, and they know that they're next. And God's given them 40 years to think about it. It's been 40 years since he brought them out of Egypt and through the Red Sea, and he's brought them through the wilderness. And Horeb said she believed God. Why would she believe? Why do you believe? Why didn't the rest? She said the rest of us is hurt, and they're terrified. You know, if they'd have believed, you know what I'd have done? I'd have grabbed me a white flag somewhere, and I'd went there and said, Surrender! Surrender! Wouldn't you? If you'd have believed, if you really believed that your salvation was in that ark, which is a picture of Christ, you'd have done whatever you could. You see, you'd got your whole family together and said, we're leaving this place. We're like the, the man in Pilgrim's Progress. He leaves the city of destruction and runs to the celestial city. And Rahab was justified by works. How do we know she believed? She hid despised. Oh, and something else happened. You know who she married? Salmon. You know who Salmon is? He's the father of Boaz, who just happened to be married to Ruth. Why? She believed God. 
you believed him. First John 5, 3, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. John 13, verse 34 and 35, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, is I have loved you, that you love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. John 14, I mean, John 14, verse 21, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, it is he that loveth me. He that loveth me shall be loved to my Father, and we will love him, and we will manifest ourselves unto him. Let me leave something with you. This is words from Brother Henry Mahan. The believer who has the precepts and the commandments of Christ has them not in a book, but they are written on his mind to think upon them and upon his heart to limit them. Not only the commandments, not only the promises, but the precepts. <laughs> By the grace of God and the power of his spirit, he keeps them. God's commandments are not grievous to those who love him. He it is that he it is that loveth me. Others may talk of loving and believing on Christ, but one cannot listen, one cannot separate faith and conduct. You just can't. Where there's faith, there's conduct. Where there's re real genuine faith, there's works. There's works. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Obedience to Christ is evidence of love for Christ. So a person who doesn't believe and doesn't obey is evidence that they don't love Christ. Our love for Christ is not the cause or condition of the Father's love to his people. We love him. Why do we love him? Because he first loved us. You know why Abraham believed? God loved him. You know what Rahab believed? He loved Rahab. You know why you believe? It's a manifestation of God's love for you. And, and, and the evidence of his love has been shed abroad in your heart. We want to obey you. His commandments are not grievous. He that loveth me shall have a clear discovery of the Father's love for him and of my love for him, and I will more and more manifest myself to him. Everything that we are and have spiritually in union with Christ is capable of growth as he is pleased to reveal his word to us. Didn't Abraham grow? Well, sure he did. Read about his first, first part of his life. He goes down to Egypt and he tells Pharaoh, Sarah, that's, that's not my wife, that's my sister. That's a, is that the same man? Same man. Look at Jacob. Look at any believer. Anything that's real, anything that's alive grows. It's not dead. If it's dead, it never grows. If it's dead faith, it never grows. He didn't tell Abraham the first thing to go off for his son. He told him that a long ways down. He went through a lot of trials. A lot of trials. <laughs> so our Lord is saying that those who have seen him and love him, he will all their lives favor them with his presence and manifestations of his fullness, his grace, 